Hey, Jeffrey. Hey, Olsen. What episode is this? Uh, this is, I believe, episode... You know what? I think we're still in... You remember how we, like, way back when we said this was season one? Okay. I don't know what episode... This would be, like, episode... What episode are we in out of all the episodes we've done, Jeffrey? We are currently on episode 69. Nice. You just wanted me to say that, didn't you? Yes, I'm basically the real thing is I'm a child. <laughs> yeah, basically. Nice. And all you want to do is, I think that you know lowers people's predictions of your age by ten years. If we get to episode four twenty, I'm gonna be exactly the same. True. Well, you know, we could just upload a whole bunch of one second random episodes and we can get up to episode 420 for you well i mean if we want to get all the way there let's do episode let's aim big episode 42069 uh yeah i don't know if we'll do you think if we continue to do weekly episodes how long would that take i'm saying but if we do like one second episode then we, we pound out like you know 500 you know a week we could definitely get to 42069 if we did a one second episode every day. We would need a hundred and fifteen years. Yeah, that's it. We do like five hundred a day. Do you want to be the one who's uploading five hundred one second episodes a day? Well, that sounds like something for not for the star of the show to do. Well, you also need enough content to. It's know, one second. Well, you still gotta come up to content. What content are we coming up for one second, Jeffrey? I just I want to know, get to. But, I just want to get to episode four twenty sixty nine. Is really what I'm going with. Well, I don't think we'll get there. But in terms of content, you know, we have been talking about that. We are one day gonna do our play-in round predictions. Yet, you know, last week our friends were on, so we missed that. And, and we would know, again I'll, like to thank them for coming on. Yes. But, uh, yeah. They were asking me when did they could come back on next, and I said whenever they want because honestly, like. Yes, we might have hockey coming back soon, but, you know, it's always good to have friends to come on the show and just, you know, give their extra point of views and not just listen to mine and Olsen's um, opinions. We're not losers. We're not losers. But they are friends of losers. Maybe we're not the losers, but they are friends of losers. We don't know who sure. the losers are. But anyway, you know what? We're finally getting into our play and predictions. But before we start, let's start the show proper. You're listening to the Bag of Pucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. And, you know, Austin, I think it's... even Since we pushed back these play-in predictions, is it going to hurt if we push it back even a little bit more? Uh, I mean... The NHL pushed back the, the Hub City announcements... So why can't we? Well, that's right. It's, you know, finally, we, we don't have to talk about hub cities and guessing where they are because, you know, we finally know it's finally going to be Toronto and Edmonton like we've known for the last three, four weeks. I mean, it's not official yet, Jeffrey. We don't know. It is. I mean, they've already, you know, got the hotels booked. You know, they've already got, you know, where they're playing, potential, like, game times already. It's like, we know it's Toronto and Edmonton. It's you know, remember in the beginning, you were like, oh, 
LA could be a perfect place because, you know, they have the San Jose rink, the Anaheim rink, the LA rink all there. I mean, I guess, but like Canada's just handled it better. So we can't, because if it was the United States, I mean, it'd be like LA and, and like Chicago. And I'd be, and I'd be a happy boy because that's what I suggested. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I think we're both in agreement that in terms of the health and safety of the players, it seems to make most sense to have the NHL return in Toronto and Edmonton right now. And I mean, you know, look at the fucking change. MLS, man. Yeah, that's all I was going to bring up too, right? How many teams have been kicked out of the tournament so far? Like, not oh, kicked out, sorry. Withdrawn. Out. Two? Two. Um, and out of Dallas and you know Nashville, the right? One of them was what? in the inaugural season and they got, they got withdrawn. Yeah, was it Nashville? Nashville, yeah. Yeah. And, like, it was good that it was, like, they only, like, Dallas withdrew, withdrew before the, the, was it, MLS's back tournament? Is that yeah. what it's called? MLS's back, that's what it's called. Yeah. And, like, you know, Nashville at least withdrew before the first game was played. So the MLS didn't really have to do much. And, you know, I think this, the tournament that they're having lends itself a little bit to, you know, being able to kind of, like, you know, fix in case more teams were to withdraw, like they yeah. can still kind of fix that up. But it shows like for all these leagues that are starting up, there's a pretty big chance that a team could ha- have a multitude of cases that have to drop out of the tournament. I don't know. Like, here's the thing. Like, I think it's inevitable. Something, something's going to happen. I'm sure the NHL has like a rule been like, all right, so what do we, what happens? Right? Like, Okay, if this happens, what do we do in a team? There's an, a team in the like an outbreak in a team. Like, there yeah. has to be that, right? Like no way they're not being like, nah, we'll figure it out once then, right? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. And like, I think there's going to be a difference with how they manage an outbreak within one team compared to an outbreak between multiple teams, right? Like if it's one team and they have to withdraw, I don't think the NHL has to worry. Well, they definitely have to worry about like the because. They're within that bubble, now there's an outbreak within the bubble, so they don't want to spread it to other teams. But if it's contained within one team, you know, I think you can say like the playoffs can still continue. But if it were to affect multiple teams, I think that's when the NHL has to be like, hey, we got to stop this, we got to control the outbreak first. So I'm wondering, is that why they have two hotels? So there's an outbreak in one hotel, they're just like, all right, quarter of the league, y'all can, you know, just disappear for a little while uh kind of maybe it's just like two seems to be the happy number you know two hub cities two hotels per hub city you know two teams facing off against each other i don't know maybe i think it makes sense like logistically it's way easier to have one hotel per city right like for all the food oh it's okay we only have to drive one place or like you know the airport shuttles you know like those, it's the little things that, you know, most fans don't think about. Um, but it's like, you know, like, the, the logistics is just way easier when you have one hotel. So, like, and I'm sure they're going to get a better rate if they go and be like, hey, Royal York or Hotel X, instead of, you know, 500 rooms, we need 1,000 rooms. I feel like they'd be like, okay, yeah, we'll give you an even better rate if you take 1,000 rooms, right? It's like, it's probably cheaper and it's probably better logistically, but, like, this has to be part of the contingency plan. Like, I'm speculating, of course, but... For me, that just looks like a contingency plan right there, right? Yeah, no, that 
That makes perfect sense, I think. It's like you, you don't want to, you know... Well, I, I guess also the fact is also maybe like they don't have enough hotels to put everyone in one hotel, but it, it, it is a precaution, right? If there's an outbreak, especially not with like the non-hockey players, right? Or like non-hockey staff, if it's with like the workers there, right? Mm-hmm. Then at least it's not like the NHL isn't having all its, you know, what's it called? Putting all their all eggs, in, the eggs in his basket? Yeah. Gotcha. So I, I think it's like, I don't know. And, you know, one thing I do worry about, you know, the NHL schedule has come out. I guess the, my one worry is the travel, right? Like, they're traveling to the hub cities, and then, like, a day or two later, they're already playing exhibition games. Like, that mm-hmm. seems to be a little bit rushed. Like, I know they're getting tested every other day, I think, right now. Yeah. But it seems to me like it would make sense for them to all reach the hub cities, have a couple of days to make sure there's no infections before they start, you know, "Quote unquote mingling with other teams in these exhibition games." Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I I just think that's. I think the NHL could do something about that. Like if they could have, you know, have the teams travel to the hub cities earlier. Like I guess the difference would be like you won't be able to train while you're in the hub cities. But I think that's something that you, you know, you think you you let that go in in the sense that you rather protect the safety of the players. <sighs> I don't know how I feel, man. Like, I, I, I'm still very optimistic. Don't get me wrong. But then I also see the MLS, and I'm just like, eh. But I'm also thinking they're also going to be – they're already testing right now, right? So, right, like, I think they're thinking as well, they're already getting tested right now. So, technically, if they're all kind of in their bubble now as well, then they're, you know, they've, they've kind of just had their own, like, area for a long time. So, chances are if they're going to get sick, they've already been sick, right? Yeah. So, like, where would your doomsday clock be then? If not that you've seen the MLS, but you've seen the progress of the NHL from last week to this week, where would you put your doomsday clock at? You would think I'm more pessimistic, but I'm more optimistic. Even with the MLS situation? Yeah. I, it's because where it is, um, Edmonton, Toronto, and where we're at right now in Edmonton, Toronto, like how it's all looking versus you're in Florida, which had 15,000 cases today. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was just like, I, I don't know how if it's a, I don't know if they, it's a really good idea right now, you know, to go to a place like that. And for me, it's also looking back at me and like, okay, if it's inevitable, but they've kind of got systems in place where it's like, okay, if there's an outbreak, how can we isolate areas, right? So it's like, Two hotels in each city. Okay, worst case scenario, you shut down one hotel. Like they've got all that planned out, and for me, that's that's really comforting. So for me, I'm actually a bit more comfortable with it. So I'd say I might even put it at fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fifty Jeffrey. minutes isn't bad. Um, like I, I'm still on board with the NHL starting but not finishing type of scenario that. I think that's what I've been talking about. You abandoned the season at the end. Yeah, like, I don't see it going all the way. But, you know, I, I am optimistic about the start, at least, you know. Yeah. With the plan that they have set, it seems to be, like, out of all the plans for all, well, I think German football did a really good job. They yeah. got their season going, and they did really well. Um, the Premier League has also been doing pretty well um, in terms of, like, their isolation, but... 
I think they're, they're it, like it's a little bit easier for them for sure. But like I look at the NHL's plan right now, and you have to be optimistic that they can get the season underway. It's just, do you think that they can continue this for basically two months and prevent any outbreaks within the bubble that might stop the season? So I think I am probably a little bit more optimistic than last week. So I'd probably say about about twenty, you know, twenty five minutes away from midnight for the NHL. But, you know, I still have that thought in my head that, you know, the NHL season won't be able to finish. So, I'm... I, how do I put this? I think there has to... Someone has to leak it to the public. Kind of like what the what baseball has done. Where it's like, hey, you know, get caught outside. Could be up to $750,000. Impossible jail time. And we all know... You know, you're not gonna. They're not gonna actually throw seven hundred fifty thousand dollars at them, right? But like maybe, like a fifty thousand dollar fine. Like you need to give that ridiculous number out there and scare some of these players and be like, "Look, you get caught, like you're a big chunk of your salary's gone." I think like the public needs to know that. And I'm sure someone's gonna be like, "Oh, let me just you know look around the hotel, see if I see any recognized NHL players. Maybe there's a reward or something, right?" Mm-hmm. There should be some sort of like punitive act action and a, and kind of like you know for a reasonable NHL players like yeah I'm, 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 I'm not gonna go outside I'm just gonna stay in I think you need something like that to scare the players a little bit because if not like it's not that I don't trust the players but it's also like these guys are young men you know in a big city if you're in Toronto I'm sorry Edmonton you're not a big city and uh, you know like you are tempted to go outside like I, it's just how people are right so you need some sort of action or threat there so it's like okay i'm not fuck that like it's not worth it for me to go out yeah for sure and I'm, I'm sure the public there's going to be at least a couple of people in toronto and edmonton who are gonna you know stake out the hotels to make sure there's no uh players breaking any uh yeah like there, it wouldn't but... surprise me if each area each team like making each like it's maybe even a t- couple teams or whatever hire a couple security guys just sitting around like the floors and being like, you know, we're at the entrance of the hotel, be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you leaving? Right? Like, sure, the security guys do that are like already, but it's just at the same time being like, you know what? Hey guys, like, people are watching. Don't fuck this up. You Is this I mean? kind of going to be like, you know, your graduation trip where you're, when you're young and, you know, you have the security guards making sure you stay in your rooms and you don't sneak out at night? Kind of, yeah, but like, so NHL teams all have security guys that kind of like if you ever get in trouble, you give them a call and they'll come like fix this shit up, right? So NHL teams already have that, but it's more of uh, not a dial service, more of a I'm already here, don't fuck the shit up type of service. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that's what you need. Yeah, and you know, like there, I think there have been cases already where players have been kind of caught outside, um, not you know being in a bubble like a physically distanced bubble yeah but like at the same time i don't it might not even be a player going out i think it could simply just be accidental community transmission it doesn't have to it could just simply be just contact with someone that they didn't realize could be an asymptomatic carrier like to be honest i think it there's always a chance for the virus to get into the bubble right and it could it could be like 
a very I mean, like, I think they have to work on the assumption that it's going to, but it's like, what are you going to do when that happens? Yeah. So I, I think the NHL seems to be prepared. They seem to have a fairly outlined plan with everything. And, you know, I think it, it's, you know, it kind of works for the NHL right now. And, you know, now that they've also released their schedule, like it seems to me like they, they've got things like set in stone. They've already got plans for like next season, the draft. Like it seems to me they've got everything set together, but it, it, it seems to be it's fit. It's on a very tight schedule, but this is all tentative, I think, right now. I'm like I I think you mentioned I'm very happy with what they've done. Um, I think they've done a very good job in ensuring that hey, if there's a situation, what are they gonna do? Um, they've also done a, a very good job in figuring out okay, so what happens to players who aren't gonna make it and who won't make it? Um, and for the fans, what do you want to do for the fans and everything? And I'm also impressed that new CBA. That's a big one. New mm-hmm. CBA. Like, no lockout? Oh, buddy, that's a win. Well, you know, when you're not doing anything, you're just sitting at home and just training. I guess you do have time to, you know, maybe look over at the business side and be like, hey, maybe we should look, go look at that right now. I mean, I was not expecting a uh, lockout. Don't get me wrong. But I thought it would be more complicated than this. This time... For this one, it honestly felt sometimes they were just like, oh, yeah, we got to do that. Do you want to just do that first? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's, let's just do the CBA first. That's kind of what I felt sometimes, not going to lie. Yeah, for sure. And I think because they needed to, well, I don't, I guess you call it, like an, they would have to update the CBA because the season was going into the summer and like yeah. free agency and all those contracts, they had to change it up. I think it was just, it just made sense to get everything done right now while everyone, Okay, yes, there was focus on the pandemic and other social issues, but they had they, they weren't solely focused on hockey. So they can now look at the more, you know, logistics, the legal side, the business side a little mm-hmm. bit. And yeah. like I probably couldn't tell and you guys like what's happening with the business side, but I just like the idea that they have something set up for basically the next six years right now. Like we can expect, you know, no business or you know, CBA problems for at least the next couple of years, which, you know, that's, you push, keep pushing that away further, further along the line. And to me, I think from what I've like seen, like from like different articles, it seems like both like the NHL and the NHLPA are happy with the new CBA. I think that's, that's a big one, but it's also, you have to, uh, you have to think about it and think, we consider that Gary Bettman's actually been a, a really good What's the word? Commissioner from the NHL. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. As much shit as we have, like, oh, he's the reason you caused the uh, lockout, you know, in 2005 and six. Yes, that's true. But mm-hmm. at the same time, without them, like, think about since then. You know, you've, you've kind of not happy they didn't do Olympics, but they kind of had a replacement for the Olympics in case of that. And they, which they had the World Cup and they're going to 2022, it seems like. Um, the owners are happy, you know, the revenues have gone up. So, like, you look at the salary package, you know, revenues have gone up. Um, um, and y- you know what the owners are, you know what the owners feel about Gary Bettman, because they wanted to get rid of him, they would have, right? They're his boss. So, th- clearly, they're still happy about it. And at the end of the day, like, think about it. He got the teams to get to take a flat salary cap for the next couple of years without having an amnesty buyout. Like, 
most teams don't plan the salary cap for next year, right? They plan for years ahead. So no one, no one's going to expect this. Everyone's obviously thinking, oh, but it's probably be a modest increase every year. Flat salary cap for a little while, and at the same time, like, wow, that he's able to figure it out. Okay, owners are not going to want an amnesty. So what can we do to make sure that both sides are happy? Like, I think as a commissioner, I think he's done a great job. What do you think, Jeffrey? Now, is the flat cap something – isn't that good for the owners? It is I think good that's for the worse for the players. Yeah. It is worse for the players, but a flat cap, I think when that happens, I think many teams would be like, look, we need an, an amnesty, right? Like, we weren't planning on this, so our – like, I'm sure management is kind of like, what the fuck, right? And players are also not happy. And, of course, owners are going to be happy. But usually, I assume if there's going to be a flat cap, there'll be an amnesty. So the teams will be like, okay, we need to get us some, some, somebody, right? It's kind of like where that middle ground is, right? So I'm, this is where I'm like, the owners are probably like, oh, pretty good. Yeah, I think it's, it's what they're trying to do is make the best out of, of a bad situation right now. And just yeah. trying to find as much common middle ground between the PA and the owners that it seems to me like everyone's you know given a little bit to get something back mm-hmm. but in the end I think everyone is gonna be kind of happy with what's happened so far with the CBA yeah and you know I I think like realistically I don't think people are there, there doesn't really I mean NHL players won't probably, probably won't say it out loud but there doesn't seem to me much like you know bad things being said about the NHL right now. Everything just seems to be good news coming out from the NHL. And, you know, I, like, when the NHL released that schedule for, like, the, what they're calling, like, the Stanley Cup qualifiers, which apparently now are going to be part of the playoffs, when before they said, you know, it was kind of going to be, you know, a middle ground that wasn't going to count for anything. It seems to me, like, if I, if I'm the... I don't know. Is there any teams that got screwed from the new scheduling? Like, I know they had to make it fit within this tight timeline, but do you feel like any teams got screwed here? Honestly, on top of my head, no. I think with, okay, no, with the cap situation, yes, I think teams got screwed over. So teams that are, for example, the Blues or, like, the Leafs, kind of were expecting, you know, they should be going up, right? So, like, for example, I believe... In March, the, in the owners' meetings, um, NHL was like, hey, cap's going to go as high as, like, I think it was, like, $87, $88 million a year. So, like, yeah, like, teams were like, okay, $87, $88 million, I can plan for the future a little bit, $88 million, you know, next year. The year after that, maybe, it'll be like, $91, $92 million, $93 million. Like, that wasn't out of the, out of the expectations. Um and now you're like, oh, fuck, no, it's staying for the next couple years. So for me, that's just like, I think that kind of screws over the Leafs, for example, a lot, right? But in terms of scheduling, I think, I think no, I don't see no need to by schedule. But I'm sure you have someone in mind, Jeffrey. Who do you got in mind? Well, you know, okay, like, let's pull to baseball. So I think Matt Chapman put a post that, you know, playing in empty stadiums are not going to be a problem for uh, the athletics, the Oakland athletics who, you know, don't have the biggest fan base. And, you know, one team, well, the two teams that I think are consistently known as poor attendance teams, excluding the Ottawa Senators, but Florida and the Islanders, I feel like they kind of got screwed a little bit. I don't know why the NHL, you know, like the NHL is trying to be like, oh, we want 
five games for the first two days and then six games the rest of the way. So mm-hmm. for some reason, they decided the, that the Islanders and the Panthers need to play in the first day. So that, like, if you look, like, everyone, like, you, you would think, like, it would make sense in the East and the West that, you know, the schedules would be kind of similar, right? Like, you have four different potential schedules and, you know, based on a lottery, each matchup will get this type of scheduling and then it'll be equal. But you look at the East qualifying round and the West qualifying round and you say, hmm, why is there something different? And you notice that Florida and New York have two ga- two days off after their first game and then they play a back-to-back. Yeah. And, and I mean, like, I, I, it's a little thing, but I'm also like, come on, NHL. Like, can you just have four games the first day and then six games the rest of the way? Like, why did you have to make it five games for the first two days. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. It's just a little pet peeve with me, but, like, I remember seeing on Twitter, too, like, the Islander fans were like, what's going on? Why is this like this? Why did it have to be, like, couldn't they just, you know, make it normal? And, like, to me, it just makes sense, right? Like, in, like, the MLB, right? The first day, I think they only have, like, two two games happening, and then the rest of the teams play later. It's kind of like a setup to, you know, bigger things. So I don't know why the NHL did that, to be honest. I don't know, but... I got to give it to them. Like, when it comes to scheduling, the timing is really good, though, every day. So, like, you know, if you have, if you don't want to work that day, if you don't work, you don't want to work that day, you can literally sit there and just watch a full game, full day of NHL, and it's not a problem. Well, I mean, I, I think I, I would probably be the one who has to watch the highlights. Like, the full game highlights, obviously, but, like, I don't think I could. Well, the thing is that with commercials, though, like that just makes it a lot more, right? So it's like. Well, I mean, commercials are time for you to get a snack, you know, get a glass of water, go to the washroom. You know, if it's nonstop, I'm, I'm going to be in trouble, right? I'm going to be like, I haven't had any food in eight hours and I'm starving, but I don't want to get up the couch. <laughs> well, I mean, for those who, you know, might be feeling a little bit peckish right now. Why don't we put in a little ad in here ourselves? And let's talk about our friends over at Anchor. And we are back. Um, I just have a request from our listeners, Jeffrey, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's okay, Austin. If our listeners could all, you know, tweet us at BOP underscore POD. Just telling Jeffrey how garbage his transitions are and how great mine are. That'd be great. Appreciate it, everyone. Okay, but, you know, I thought you were leading in that direction, but then you never finished that thought. So, you know, I had to help you out there, you know. I was being a good co-host and, you know, just trying to ease you through the segments. And, you know... I think we should just go back to the NHL schedule and let's stop talking about transitions because, you know, we're terrible at them. But Alrighty. I, I do have a bone to pick. I, just I know it's out, hard. I just want to point out, sorry, Jeff, cut you off here. I want to point out that transition to the here also sucked. But yes, go on. <laughs> well, we have to get back to the content. And yes. I guess the one bone to pick might be, like, for the round-robin series for each conference. Like, you, like in most round-robins, you like to have the final games in like the final matchups be at the same time right so that there mm-hmm. isn't you know teams that you know can rest players because now they know where they can finish right yeah like i know it's hard but like to me like i wonder 
could they not have maybe done some type of scheduling where in the last matchups for the round robins, they can go back to back and the teams have to lock their lineups, you know, sometime before today so that they can't, you know, like, yes, it's okay to rest your players while they're in the game, but that way we're not like looking at, you know, certain teams having the advantage by, you know, completely like sitting guys completely because they already know that they've locked up a certain position in their group. They already know what seed they're going to be in. Why don't we rest all our star players type of thing? I, I see the competitive advantage, but at the same time, it's like they're so compressed on time. I don't. I think that's part of the reason why they're just like, all right, screw it. Whatever works, works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like I, maybe at the end just... of the day, I think that was the issue where they're like, look, we gotta, we don't want to push next season. And I'm sure the NHLPA was like, guys, we can't have like a one week break between the two seasons, right? Like, that, of course, I'm exaggerating, but like, I'm sure they were like, we can't do that. And this is kind of where that compromise was, where it was like, you gotta push the two together then, like figure something out because we can't we can't have it like back we can't have one week off season or something right yeah so like maybe they'll decide that like maybe like before the first game three of game threes of the round robin all the teams have to lock their lineups for that next game or something so that there is no competitive advantage but it's also kind of just like luck of the draw i guess yeah and I guess, like, another bone I have to pick. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like I look at the schedule. It's finally some hockey news, and, like, it's – you can see it. They've got a great graphic, and that you can kind of see, like, how the games are going to be set out. But do you like the 2-2-1 format for the home – like, the home teams? What do you mean? Like, I get it, like, in the sense in the NHL. Like, normally you play a best of seven. But if you have a best of five, normally you do, like, a – you know, a two-two-one because you know it saves on the travel. But here we are right now. There really is no travel anymore. Like I doubt it. Even like if the teams, I think they're not going to be like one's going to be in the home. Like I, I just one going to be in the home dressing room. One's going to be in the visitors dressing room, and they're going to swap every time they aren't the home team and the away team. Like to me, like now that you're in a hub city, it feels like a little unfair. I guess it's, you know, you get the home advantage, but, like, because you're at a higher seed, but it just seems to me it wouldn't make sense for, you know, them to alternate, you know, last line change. Because, really, that's the only home field advantage you have now with no fans, right? Yeah. So, having that last line change. So, could you not have balanced it out a little bit, maybe a little bit more equality by having it, each team is alternating the last line change for the games instead of going 2-2-1? I mean... At the end of the day, I think you're just how do I put this? It's kind of like it's not pick, it's not picking a straw, but like it's a very minor thing at the end of the day, right? Like it's not really for me at least. I it's not a bone to pick. It's just like a such a tri- oh, that's it, the trivial thing. It's such a trivial thing where I'm just like, fuck, I I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, I, I mean, like true. don't get me wrong. It's I'm sure for many people, including you, it's like a maybe an issue. But at this point, I'm just like, man. I'm just happy we're going to have hockey back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I'm sure, like, most team people aren't thinking about Maybe the coaches are being like, oh, no. Like, especially, like, if you're, like, the lower seed, right, in these matches, you're not going to have the last, last line change for the first two games. So, like, there's a good chance you might go down 0-2, and then you're going to have to basically do a reverse sweep. Like, I, yeah. I find, like, that's kind of a little intimidating for the lower seed. But maybe that's why they are the lower seed, right? They have they are technically the underdogs, and... They've got to, you know, play with a little bit of disadvantage. So maybe it's not the worst thing. But I don't know. I just felt like it just seemed to me like, you know, the NHL is all about, you know, anyone can win it this year. So you might as well make it 
anyone, right? Like, just yeah. do a one, 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 one. How many ones? Four ones? Final one, and then that way they can, you know, add some more parity. You know, one of the things I'm kind of um, surprised that they're doing is that I'm surprised they're alternating locker rooms, to be honest with you. I think, I'm like, for me, it's just like, oh, that just seems like an, an extra place for people to get sick at, <laughs> to get infected from. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But isn't it like the like the home dressing rooms are always a little bit nicer than the away dressing rooms? They Is that- are, but like, like it's still not like so different. Where it's like you know, one is NHL quality, the other one is like community center. Everyone's kind of cramped in beside each other, right? They're also like of a certain standard. Yeah, I agree with you that. So like maybe. Maybe the whole, like, the entire seats should just always have the home dressing room or something like that. I don't yeah, know. something like that. I know it's just, like, for me, it's just, like, oh, it just seems like an extra place to get kind of messy with, you know, with infections and everything. Yeah, that, that's true. I mean, like, I think it would definitely be weird for, like, Toronto and Edmonton, right? If they actually have to, like, dress in the away dressing rooms. I think that'd be kind of funny. They'll be like, It'd be what fun. is this place? <laughs> There's only one shower in here? Did we fucking know it? Oh, we didn't fucking know this. <laughs> Do you, do you feel like, what if, do you think Calgary in the Edmonton home dressing room is funnier, or do you think Edmonton in the away dressing room is funnier? I think Calgary, because, like, you just look at it and be like, ew, what the fuck? I gotta sign his stall. Fuck, I don't want that stall. <laughs> well, I don't think there's gonna be, well, I guess they're gonna have to change the nameplates every, well, okay, the, the thing, too, is, like, so after a game, right? Yeah. Like, where so they're gonna have to like basically get off out of the hockey equipment, go back to the rooms and shower because I don't think because the other team's already coming in, right? <laughs> and you know what? I did not consider that. <laughs> like okay, so like when you're in like most places, right? They kind of got like an in and out, right? So it's gonna be like a one way street, right? So like you maybe it's not even gonna be like they have to take off their stuff in the dressing room, like maybe third period. I mean, like, the second intermission, you know, they do their pep talk at their rest. And then by the time they go back out there on the ice, all the equipment managers have to, you know, clean up the dressing rooms or something, get it all packed up. When uh, the team leaves the ice, when the game's over, they have to, you know, go off to the, maybe the Zambonia entrance. I don't know where they're going to change, but basically quickly change and then head off to the hotel and then shower there. Because the next team's coming in already, right? So, like... yeah. Where is who's going to go? You don't want them to like bump into each other, right? Because that's yeah. like what you don't want. That's the reason why it's a bubble city. So like, who knows? Maybe we'll find out yeah, later. Maybe I mean, like I'll be honest with you. I straight up have not considered that at all, <laughs> and that's like, actually hilarious. I'm just thinking about it. It's going to be like a one way street, and I'm sure people are going to go in the wrong direction. But like, I think I think the NHL hopefully has a plan for how they're going to figure out how teams are coming in and out of the arena and in and out of the dressing rooms, right? But You know what? Uh, you know, like, well, I'm thinking that's just going to be hilarious. I'm just imagining that, like, in full gear, just without skates, or in, like, running shoes or, like, flip-flops and walking down the street to the hotel. <laughs> well, I, I, feel <laughs> like, I, I feel like the... Like, the arenas probably have an extra changing room somewhere, right? Like, you know, the refs got to change somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure, like, there's an area where, like, they'll go off to change, but they might not get the full shower and everything, right? But, you know, back to the Calgary thing. I, I think Calgary should... Imagine pulls the date on charge with all the gear, holding his stick, with the helmet and everything. 
walking down busy street in Toronto wearing flip flops. Well, <laughs> you know, they're probably going bust back to their hotels, but you know, it'll still be funny just see him in flip flops in a. He'll still be the tallest guy, at, like standing oh, yeah. anyway. But uh, yeah, no, that'd be funny. Like I, 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 th- I think it'd be interesting. I think we just have to wait for the first game, and see, is there going to be a logistical nightmare, or does the NHL have something planned out? I think like okay, even if there is an if there is a logistical nightmare, what do you feel about it? I feel like I'd still be okay with it. Like I'd be understanding if there was a logistical nightmare for the first like couple days. Yeah, no, that's why I was thinking like it makes sense to have just the four games, you know, see how it works out. And if you got the you like fixed the kinks, then you you can do it like right, like putting five games is kind of like you're testing Toronto already with trying to do all the everything all at once, right? It just seems yeah. to make more sense maybe if you have the first, you know, each city is only doing the two games first. There's kind of like that little buffer zone that hey, in case you do screw up with the uh, some like logistics or something, you can always move the you know, the, the game back a little bit. I'm sure the people on all the sports channels don't really care. Like, it's not like they're going to bump into the next segment or the next show, really, right? Yeah. They can just always push it back a little bit. So, to me, I think that's, like, I, I think, to be honest, like, I wouldn't be horrified. Like, I'm sure something's going to happen. I think it'll be funny when it gets posted on social media by one of the players for fun, just to see what happens. But, like, I don't know. I feel like, if I'm a Calgary player, I'm definitely, you know, filming the Edmonton dressing room and, you know, trying to pick up and see, like, oh, where can we, you know, like, how, how are they, like, always set up like this? What can we do to maybe, you know, change it up a little bit, you know? I just like, hide a bunch of shit everywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, like, they have to sanitize the dressing rooms after each use, right? But, like, I'm kind of thinking, like, you know, some of this, I think there could be, always be some types of random pranks being pulled off if it, there wasn't a pandemic. Like, this would be a hilarious point where, you know, if yeah. you're a Flames player, you're definitely doing something fun to screw over, like, an Edmonton player or something like that. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, I I, it, I like the schedule. I mean, I got a couple of bones to pick with it, but as you said, it's all really trivial. It's really, you know, because there's nothing else we can really, you know, talk about really, right? Like, it's just small things you kind of find. I think at the end of the day, the fact that this is the problem we have with it is good news. Yeah, that's right. True. Like, like, if our problem was instead being like, hey, half the league just got COVID, then we'd be like, fuck. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, the fact that this is our issue is a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You know, like you said, we can't wait for hot hate to start. If it's a logistical nightmare, it's a logistical nightmare. But, you know, as fans, I think the most important thing is we get our hockey. Yeah. And, you know, I think we can, we can finally... I think now, because, you know, like, we've been... Our doomsday clocks have always been, you know, kind of close to, like, midnight. But we're starting to, like, push away a little bit. We're feeling a little bit more optimistic. You know, I think it would have been terrible, like, say, if we did the play like, our play-in predictions, like right off the bat and then the nhl season get canceled i think like we're now close enough to start the nhl season that makes sense to do these predictions now because now that we know more information now that we're more certain about what's happening in the nhl that we can finally actually you know kind of look a little bit more in depth into these matchups but yeah i think we don't i don't think we have enough time to go through all of them today but i think we can at least go through the, yeah we can at least do go through the buy teams because i think those ones are those ones are kind of interesting right like it's it's not you we, we didn't have to do as much prep but we could kind of like go through them a little bit 
easier. And do you want, we'll start in the Western Conference, you know, take away that Eastern bias that we always have. All right, let's do it. So, you know, the four teams in the West we have are St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas. And I don't know, I, I feel like this is, out of these four, like anyone can realistically come out on top in the round robin here. Yeah. Like, I, I don't mean, know. I think, I think this might be Colorado's year, man. Really? I do, man. I, I do think it's Colorado's year. I, I do like the fact that they're getting back some of their injured players. But yeah. to me, like, I look at Colorado and I don't know. Like, it just. Where's their weakness? Where's their weakness? I would have to say they're quite unproven in net. But yeah. you, you, you would also say, look at the results they have, though. It's not proven. So they can go, this is go down the shitter at any time. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But the results are results. They are, but I think in a playoff atmosphere, it's a little bit different. Um, but also, like the fact that Grubauer has been out for such a long time. Frank Kuz, is he a, he's technically a rookie, right? This is his first season realistically he in the NFL. He is, but like, he's on, we don't really talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> he's, also, he's also 30, so I think he's, he's yes. a late entry. Well, no, so I don't think, I think there might be a, an age cutoff to rookie. I think it's 26. Yeah, he, so he's, he, he's, he's technically a rookie, but not an NHL rookie or whatever. But, yeah, like, the one thing that worries about me is, you know, defensively. If you shut down Kale McCarr, like, Sam Gerrard has not performed in the playoffs, like, given his limited, like, he has his young. how small is that sample size? I mean, has it been three I think it's been three. He's had three playoffs rounds. No, two. 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 That's a pretty small sample size. I'm willing to give a benefit of the doubt, especially as we were watching him develop. To give it a bit more time. 12 games, two assists. 12 games. Two assists. How old is he? 22. Yeah. It's 20 and 21 when he got his, his playoff experience. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Fine. But, you know, I... I, I I'm I'm not like I could see their first line getting, you know, spread apart after the first two games. Like I, I think they're not gonna I don't know if they have the scoring depth really to compete with the other teams up there, to be honest. Like to me, I I, I know you've been saying like it might be Colorado's year, but yeah. I also think they it, in within this round robin, they probably finished last in the group. Mm. I don't know if you I don't I don't know if you would like, I know you said, like, you think it's their year, but does that mean, like, you think they're going to finish first in this round, Robin? I think I would go with St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, Dallas. So are you just being simple and just going by their win percentage for the season? No. Um, I just see more. It's maybe because I don't watch a lot of Dallas games. I just don't have a very good perception of Dallas. <laughs> no, that that's fair. But uh, does it change your mind that Val- Dallas is 4-0 against Colorado this season? No. No? For me, this is like a clean slate. Um, at the end of the day, this is kind of like you've been off for so long. It's kind of the beginning of like a new season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Injuries are gone, you know. Illness will come up. Like For me, this is like a clean slate. No, I, I, I agree with you. And I, I think Dallas is a very interesting team, right? Like They are very, very good defensively. 
Mm-hmm. But like when you look back into like I look back into their their stats ever since their coaching change, they've actually been minus in the goal differentials, which is something that you really don't see in a team that's you know supposedly a buy team, right? Like I think yeah. when this regular season ended, like their overall goal differential was plus three, yeah, which is which I think in itself it's unheard of, but I think that kind of benefits them a little bit within this the playoffs, right? Like, they're used to these low-scoring games. They can keep the puck under their net. I think they've got a very underrated two-way top 12. Like, basically, like, anyone can go up there, basically, except for Radulov, maybe, to kill penalties. But, like, I, I think this is, a like, a team that could succeed in these, you know, tight matches. And I think they've got something to prove. So, to me, I, I don't know if I think Dallas could finish second in the round round. I think they could win enough close games that like they can, and they play. They're they're a big team too. I think it's, I I think it's um what is it like I think they have like less than like two or three players who are under six feet and like I, it doesn't mean anything, but like this is a a big team and I think they're set for the playoffs. Like they're built for the playoffs. So I think this could be a team that could you know surprise some people in this round robin maybe finish as a second seed, to be honest. Okay, so now we know who you, you think your second seed is. Who do you think is your... Who's your first seed? I, I think I agree with you in St. Louis, I think. Like, do you remember that Tarasenko has not played for most of the season? Like, I come... Like, yes, for a while, he just... was on my terrible, terrible, terrible fantasy team. Yes. Okay, so maybe you do remember him a little bit more, but, like, when you look at St. Louis, without Tarasenko, they were, you know, fine. They were top basically top of the um, Western conference. And now they're yeah. getting back Tarasenko. It's like, Oh no, the chemistry is going to be off a little bit. He hasn't played in so long, but that's not, but you have a, what's called, you have a fucking, um, Oh, excuse my language there, but uh, you have a, a training camp. Yeah. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think Tarasenko will be fit right back. Just fine. I think St. Louis is a cup contender for sure this season. And, you know, I think they've, They've got a really solid, you know, one to twenty team. If I'm being honest, like I, I could see, like there could be some problems if you know maybe someone in their top six maybe gets injured. That could be a little bit scary for them. But I, I think they've got enough all around depth and enough like talented players that they could, you know, probably win the whole thing if they wanted to. Yeah. So I, and I guess that puts Vegas as my number three. I guess like I'm a, I'm a little bit. Yeah, you don't like Colorado. You're just not ha- not a fan of Colorado. I, I like Colorado. I just don't know if they could, like, in the round robin, I just don't think that they can, you know, be that strong against, like, the St. Louis's, the Dallas's, and uh, the Vegas. I think maybe Vegas may, might drop to fourth. I, I, I'm actually less of a fan of Vegas this year for some reason. The kind of, like, the team, like, uh, expansion team going backwards, you know, Starting okay, but winning. like that's because how high of an expectation that was set on them, right? Yeah, but like I still look at this Vegas team, and you know I think they're really going to miss Cody Eakin, and the fact that Cody Glass is injured, I think that's going to really be something that they miss that third line center that real that's really been like the the setting for them, right? Like having a solid third line center has really been a boon for them, and to me, I think that's going to affect them quite a bit. So, I, I don't know. Maybe Vegas finishes fourth, but I just I think I see St. Louis and Dallas as more the teams that will succeed in this format and finish as the one and two seed, respectively. All righty. Shall we move to the East? Let's do it.
Yeah, all right. So the four teams in the East we have are Boston, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Philadelphia. And I don't know about you, but I think one of those teams doesn't belong up there. Um, so I can think you already know which team is going to be my fourth seed already. I think I think if it's Philadelphia, then yeah, I agree with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Philly just is one of those teams. Just like oh, really? They've done that well this year, huh? Didn't notice. Um, for me, I would have had Tampa be number one, but with Steven Stamkos out with a LBI, lower body injury for a little while, and being he, yes, he will be back for game one, and he's gone for just for training camp. But at the end of the day, I think when you're gone for so long, I think they're gonna they may play a bit more conservatively. That's my guess. Just even gone for so long, you got an injury. So instead of getting you back in two games, maybe bring you back in four games, like stretch you out basically. Um, so I think they're gonna. It's a bit of concern there. So for me, I actually have Tampa being the third seed um, with Stammer at full health. I put him at number one. Um, I have Boston as a number one seed uh, just because holy shit they're good. Holy shit, they're in t- scary too. And uh, defending champs, second seed. Not defending champs, sorry. Totally don't know why I said defending champs, but Washington Capitals, second seed. You know, I wonder. Remember, I think it wasn't Tampa Bay that the, the team that had that out, COVID outbreak in the practice facility? Yes. Uh, like, I mean, we'll never know who. I don't want to know unless they're, comp- unless they're willing to share, but yes. Yeah, like, those players might have if it was players that were affected right that could have meant lost practice time as well so like on top of Stamkos they could have guys you know who end up missing some practice time but but at the same time it wouldn't surprise me if a whole bunch of places players got tested out got got you know positive tests and no one just brought it up like we just have no clue at this point yeah for sure and I, I actually <laughs> I I don't know. I did put down, like, I was thinking about, like, you know, with the COVID outbreak in Tampa Bay, that could affect them. But I, I think Tampa Bay is still going to be the first seed. After last year's playoff disappointment, I like, they're going to be the team that's going to be like, shit, we got to play for the playoffs now, right? Like, basically, most of the season, they've kind of just been, you know, like, you know, floating along, you know, you know, let's win the game here, you know, let's play hard here. But when now that they're in the playoffs, I think they are going to care a lot more than they did last year. And mm-hmm. I think top to bottom, they, they're they kind of like St. Louis to me. Top to bottom, they're one of the deepest and strongest teams with the star players to really carry them. And I think that's the one thing that they have that it's going to be hard to beat. And yeah. I think it's Boston's going to have the Tampa Bay uh, illness. I think they're going to have like, they've played so much over the last like couple of seasons. I think they're going to get a little bit, you know, who cares where we seed? I think either way, we could beat any of those teams that we're coming up against. There's really not much. We really don't care about, like, you know, home ice advantage, really. It's just the last line change. I think Bruce Cassidy has shown that he can outcoach almost anybody. I don't think Boston really cares. So I feel like Boston's going to be a team that they're not going to be playing that Bergeron, Marchand, Passionac line 20 minutes a game in a round robin. They're going to be playing them about 16, 17 minutes a game giving everyone a chance to play. So I think, you know, I, I kind of switched around Tampa Bay and Boston, like, with you. Like, I have Tampa Bay first and Boston third. And I, I guess the same as you. I have those Metro teams the same. You know, Washington at two. Yeah. And Philadelphia <laughs> at four. Like, prove us wrong. 
Like, yeah, yeah Philadelphia had, like, that 10-game. They, they won, like, all those games in a row, and that's kind of what boosted them. Like, they just happened to be in a hot streak right before the NHL ended. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, like, maybe after that they would have gone on a losing record the rest of the way just to kind of even out their play. But, like, I, I yeah, I think Philadelphia is going to be teams that's going to have to prove me and you wrong that they're not the random team who's a buy team in the East right now. I think that it's going to be interesting to see. I, they could steal a game here or two, but to me, I just, I don't know. I just don't think they have it compared to, you know, the Tampa Bays, the Washingtons, the Boston. I mean, I like being proved wrong. Prove me wrong. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think we need, we should probably talk, I feel like we left out Washington a little bit. I mean, I think <laughs> we glossed over it a little bit. Just, oh, yeah, Washington's there. Yeah. I mean, like, being the second seed is no, like, joke. But, yeah. like, I, I think they're – you pretty know where Washington is every year. It's just, you know – We know what to expect from them. Let's go with that. Yeah. And I I guess the question might be would be who starts in that Holpe or Samson off? I think you got to go with Holpe. I think in yeah. the playoffs, you know what you're going to get with Holpe. You may not know whether Samson off. So, if you know, if, you, if, the five, if the seven-game series, I would – you know, if you're up 3-1 – Two one, maybe you get Samson for a game, so you kind of get an idea where it's like, you know what? Even if I lose, it's not the end of the world. Kind of mm-hmm. just be like, okay, so what am I getting from there, and then work from there. No, I agree with you. And well, well, I do see Samson off starting at least one game in a round robin. I think Hope Beast is the guy that you go with. I mean, like if you look at his playoff numbers, they're ridiculous. Like he is yeah. a playoff performer. And yeah, I, I I never even think thought about him like that, but like. I know he's had a pretty crappy contract year, but if he does well in this playoffs, playoffs, he's gonna get paid big bucks. Oh yeah, himself, right. I think like, about it, Justin Williams basically made a career off being good at one game. <laughs> yeah, and if you're a goalie who can play well in the playoffs, you're set for life. Yeah. All right, and you know I think that's all we have time for today with our playing predictions. I guess maybe over. I think we have enough time. Like maybe next episode we do. The matchups in one conference. The the next episode we do the matchups in the other conference. You know, twinkle in a little, twinkle in a little bit of random hockey news that's happened that week. Uh, we're just gonna keep pushing off these playoff predictions. I don't know why, but it, it just it's just at this point it's kind of become a meme. Let's be honest, dear Jeffrey. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, basically we we say we're gonna talk about it, but then we don't talk about it because news is interesting. Yeah. Do you have any final news to discuss with our listeners today? Um, yeah, Florida, 15,000 cases, cases, that isn't 15,000 reasons to wash your fucking hands. That's all. Um, how many cases <laughs> does Manitoba have? We haven't had a case in 12 days, a new case in 12 days. Does that mean that they don't have to wash your hands anymore? No, I mean, like before I eat, I basically just lick them clean. That's good enough, right? Should they also not just wash their hands, even if they have no cases? Eh. We've earned the right to not wash your hands. Is that the message you want to go off on? No, but my message is still, holy shit, wash your fucking hands, people. Yes, wash your hands, continue physical distancing, it's really and not that we'll get through it. Wash your fucking hands. Yes, you know, wear a mask if you can't social physically distance as well. Right, Austin? It's not a political thing. Just wash your fucking hands and wear a mask. But, you Unless know, you've earned the right not to wear a mask. 
Winnipeg. <laughs> hey, you, no, no, not not earn the right. Come on, it, it's if you aren't able to wear a mask, you know, it's your choice. Don't make it political. If you aren't actually medically for some reason aren't able to wear a mask either, you know, stay safe still. Avoid crowds. Maintain physical distancing, and you know, just stay safe. I think that's the key. Stay safe. Listen to the people who know more than you and follow their instructions because there's a reason why they know more than you they know just follow what they say just wash your fucking hands guys <laughs> okay i mean you said we've said that enough times all right anyway um that's basically another episode next week we'll we'll see maybe some news breaks out and we don't talk about the conference matches i'm, matchups. I'm guessing that's probably what's going to happen <laughs> basically. Anyway, we'll talk to you guys next week. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to the Bag Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.